0: And welcome to this encore presentation of the Dennis Jernigan podcast. This week, I wanted to reshare the song and story behind the song "I Was Created to Love You." I first shared this podcast way back on June 4th of 2018, and just feel like it's going to minister deeply to your soul, as it does to mine. Enjoy. Welcome to the Dennis Jernigan podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you find healing for your wounds, find hope in your despair, find intimacy in your loneliness, and to find refuge from the storms of life. Basically, to help you find a deeper walk with Jesus. If there's one thing I know after having lived all these 59 years now is that my God wastes nothing. Not my sorrows, not my wounds, not even my failures. Hi, I'm your host, Dennis Jernigan, And today we're going to be talking about the story behind my song, I Was Created to Love You. Ephesians 2.10 in the New American Standard Bible says this, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. The bottom line is that we were created by God for doing what Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? He led people to freedom through love, through the laying down of His own life. It's my firm belief that if I believe God loves me, there is nothing I cannot face in this life. But therein lies the problem. Most of us wrestle, at least at some points in our lives, with whether or not we believe God loves us. For God so what? For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, Jesus. There is no greater expression of love than this. So why do we still have times of doubt as human beings as to whether or not God loves us? Bottom line, we believe the lies of the enemy. Until we trace the feelings of not being loved back to the lie that caused them, we will never be fully free. And since we are not defined by our feelings, we must get to the root of the lie. To better explain this, I'm going to share chapter two of my book, Renewing Your Mind, Identity and the Matter of Choice. That chapter is entitled, The Root of the Issue. Let me say that again, The Root of the Issue. We all know this verse, John 8:32. Jesus says, and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. If we are not defined by our feelings, and if we are a people of choice, which we are, what does that say about our current state of feeling? How do we get to the place of not allowing our feelings to define us? Just how do we get to the place of making wise choices in spite of our feelings? As with anything in life, we get there by starting at the beginning. Now, when I was a boy, My family had a large garden. This garden was a main source of food for us. We canned tomatoes, we froze corn, we canned green beans, we grew potatoes and okra and carrots and radishes and anything else that might provide sustenance for our family through the winter months. It was my joy to help with that garden, at least during certain phases of said garden. It was a treat to help cut the potatoes into seed potatoes, making sure each cube of potatoes contained at least one eye. I thoroughly enjoyed the planting of the seeds because it meant that in the coming days I would experience the privilege of watching those seeds sprout and the tiny leaves breaking through the ground in search of sunshine. One of my joys was also when harvest time came. For some reason, I loved following the plow as my dad would lay the furrows over, exposing mounds of ready-to-eat potatoes. Some things about gardening I did not enjoy so much, though. One of my memories of helping with the garden was that it needed to be tended in spite of the summer's heat. Tending to that garden involved making sure pests did not ruin the plants. Going from cornstalk to cornstalk and painstakingly applying the pesticide powder was tedious. And talk about potato bugs. My mom would pay me 1 penny for each potato bug I came to her with, born in via the coffee tin she provided for the task. While fun at first, the sheer number of potato bugs seemed daunting and never-ending. So numerous were the leaf-eating insects. While the tasks of applying pesticide and the capture of potato bugs seemed tiresome and boring after a while, my least favorite chore would prove to be a wealth of truth-drenched wisdom that would prove vitally useful in my later years. That chore? Can you guess? Weeding the garden. Nearly every day of every week, my mother would assign me a particular row or sets of rows of vegetables to weed in the garden. Using the hoe I had been assigned, I would make my way up and down each row of that garden, chopping the tops off the green shoots of weeds that had somehow made their way into the row. It was easy to see the weeds that grew between the corn rows, but difficult to see the weeds that grew between the bushy stalks of the ever-expanding green beans. I quickly came to realize that I could skip some of the weeds in the rows of green beans since my work, or lack thereof, would be obscured. This worked well for me until a week or two had passed and my mother's inspection called my weeding skills into question. Pulling back the bushy heads of the green bean plants, she showed me where the weeds that I thought had been so hidden so well had almost overgrown and overtaking the plants we were dependent on for food. After this, she took me to the rows of corn I thought I had done a great job on, but were being overtaken by weeds as well. I thought you told me you had weeded these rows of corn and that you had weeded the rows of green beans. My feeble response, but mom, I did. Firmly, she took me back to the rows of green beans and had me kneel down and pull back the leaves of the bushy green bean plants. Son, weeds grow where you cannot necessarily see. Just because you can't see them does not mean they aren't there. And those weeds among the corn, just because you use a hoe and chop them down does not mean they are not still there. You never kill a weed until you get to the root. You can chop off the top of the weed all day long and never get rid of it. That means you're going to have to expose the weeds among the green beans and you're going to need to pull them up by hand, roots and all. Same with the corn. And don't just leave the weed plants nearby. Place them in the burn pile, otherwise they will take root wherever you throw them. You must dispose of them properly. As with weeds in a garden, we can allow wrong thinking to take root in our minds, or we can chop at them with good intentions, or we can get to the root of those wrong thoughts and rid them from the garden of our mind once and for all, which sounds like the better option to you. Of course you opted for the truth, right? Yet you still find yourself a bit bewildered as to exactly how to do that? First things first, just what is the truth? Until we settle that issue, we might as well be chopping off the tops of the weeds, or worse still, pretending they can't be seen. Colossians 1.16 in the New American Standard Bible says this, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Now, what does all this have to do with the story behind my song, I Was Created to Love You? On July 6th of 1987, that's a long time ago now, I happened to be sitting at the piano thinking about all the ways in which God has displayed his great love for me. And the more I thought about the reality of his love for me, the more overwhelmed I became with this thought, he created me just for himself. In other words, I was literally created to love him and to know him intimately, Sometimes my feeble little mind can only contain so much of this truth without feeling totally dumbfounded and incapable of rational thought. His thoughts are so much higher than mine. His ways, so much higher than mine. His love for me, so much higher than my love for him. Let's get to the root of the issue. Either God loves us or he doesn't. Now, being a dad to nine children, I love them without condition. And I love just being with them. And I'm an earthly father. So, how much more does our heavenly father love us? Not only does he love us, but he likes us and he likes being with us. So, what will you choose to believe? Oh, how I love
1: thinking of you because I love you. At the start you, For I know just how hopeless my life was without you Until you drew me to your heart So here is my heart, is my heart. Falling deeper in love more each day than I did at the start I'm created...
0: Father, thank you for loving us so much that you gave your son's own life to pay the debt of our sin. Help us get to the root of the issues of the lies we believe, Father, and help us to uproot those lies and replace them with the truth as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. I loved today's podcast because I loved that song and I love the truth of the fact of the matter that God loves me no matter what. His love can reach as far as I can fall. And that's awesome news. Just awesome news. I want to thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Dennis Jernigan Podcast and want to remind you to live each day with a vision of your destiny and identity in Christ. Now go out and live like you believe God loves you massively, far more than your human mind can possibly comprehend. Because that is exactly how big his love for you is.